Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong target. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more worthy goal. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like instead of keeping it to myself. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Today, I'm chatting about a post that's called Let's Have Tea. And I just, I want to welcome the rain to this post because I'm sure you can hear it as I'm recording it. And, you know, some days it's rainy. So hope you enjoy it. Um, let's have tea. I had the recent good fortune of, st- oh, this, sorry, this was a post from October of 2021. I had the recent good fortune of stumbling on an amazing five-part meditative talk by teacher and author Tara Brock on the Calm app entitled Radical Self-Compassion. This also happens to be the same uh, name of her, her newest book. So I've written about lessons I've learned from Tara Brock and other posts, and I did put a couple of links into the post on the website if you are curious about those, but I'm never disappointed that I've taken the time to listen to or read Tara's words of wisdom. During her talk on radical self-compassion, Tara gets into one of the subjects that comes up a lot, which is numbing. Whatever our anesthesia of choice may be, we all have a go-to vice because we're human. Sometimes when I reach for mine, I'm panicked, anxious, or scared, and it's obvious that I'm self-medicating. But less obvious are the occasional fairy dustings of anesthesia, perhaps an unhealthy food choice, a second glass of wine, or just one more episode of my current Netflix binge, are all examples of more subtle ways that I'm checking out of the current moment. As I listened to Tara speak about numbing, there was no earth-shattering news, or so I thought. I understand that poor choices are a distraction that sometimes serve the sole purpose of taking my mind off of what's actually happening. I also get and understand that we can start with an action, repeat it many times, and it becomes a habit, even if subconsciously. So this was pretty familiar content, or so I thought. And then I heard Tara's calm, steady voice pose a question that jumped out of my earbuds and planted itself into my consciousness. It's this, quote, What are you unwilling to feel? 
question mark, unquote. Tara posed this question as she was describing a kind of self-sabotage hack, which is another theme we often discuss, how to pause between stimulus and response. This is when we take time to recognize that there are choice points. So even if I still impulsively dive into a candy dish, I at least now have some language to challenge myself, which means I can be accountable. In the moment, I'm about to make a choice that is less than optimal for me, for any optimal for me for any reason, getting into the habit of challenging that choice is a major step in the advancement of our own awakening. It doesn't mean that we'll be perfect and never go for the anesthesia on a large scale or even on that fairy dusting level. <laughs> Just that extra cookie. But it does mean that we acknowledge our say in the matter, the very act of asking the question, what am I unwilling to feel, validates and affirms that I and only I have the power to take an action or make a choice point on what to do next. And that moment is just me. Ideally, if we can identify what we are unwilling to feel and allow it to be here, we won't need any more anesthesia. We won't ever be absolved of the innate work of identifying this as a worthy target. Mindfulness is a practice, not a destination. But the practice teaches us to welcome all feelings, just as they are, repeat often. And as Tara and the Buddhist tradition both suggest, when Mara, that's quote M-A-R-A, unquote, which is the Sanskrit word meaning demon, when Mara is lurking about, instead of worrying about it and resisting it, try to pause and simply say, I see you, Mara. Let's have tea. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Um, I remember writing this post after I heard Tara's earth-shattering question what am I unwilling to feel? Oof. Like who wants to answer that question? But the keys to the kingdom are in the answer because when we can take a step back and figure out what it is that we're trying not to feel and then invite that very thing to sit down with us, whether it's hunger, resentment, um, jealousy, uh, inferiority complex, lack of self-esteem, guilt, shame, whatever the thing is that is kind of pulling at your sleeve that you're not wanting to feel or that I'm not wanting to feel the grief of losing my children, my friends and family members. Um, by being able to just say, I see you and let's have tea, <laughs> which is what Tara calls it. But truly just to be able to say, um, it's okay for you to be here and I don't need to numb myself through any of my, you know, many popular choices of things to do that aren't good for me. And it's not that we flip a switch and then all of a sudden we never fall prey to those um, anesthesias again. But over time, we try to catch ourselves. We try not to get hooked. We try to recognize that dynamic when it comes into play and try to practice inviting it. So for example, if it's shame, we don't want to brace against that feeling of shame or whatever the feeling might be. We want to 
uh, invite it. We want to open to it. And again, it's a practice. It's not a destination because it's not something we get good at overnight. But little by little, the more we practice it, like any good practice, the more we practice, the better at it we become. And even if I get the feeling of shame and I say, what am I unwilling to feel? It's shame. And I still go for the Reese's Cups. At least I'm aware of it. And that's a huge um, accomplishment if you've been unconsciously reacting to triggers in your environment and you have no idea that you numb, what you use to do it, what you're unwilling to feel. And so I'm not suggesting that all of a sudden our problems are solved because, oh, we're going to invite shame to the party because, you know, Tar is trying to teach us that through radical self-compassion, we need to allow everything to be part of our experience. However, it does get easier when you practice it. And then you can start to say, you know, you might get to a point of recognizing, hey, I am having this uncomfortable experience. Therefore, I want to watch TV so that I don't have to think about it. Or I'm going to borrow worry and think about the future or the past and sort of not want to be where I am. There's a there's a big um, shift that takes place once we realize that we're reacting. And again, it's not something that you figure out overnight, but when you commit to this and you try again and again to just bring that awareness to what you're feeling, and then instead of bracing against something after we label it as good or bad, we say, well, even though this is painful, even though I feel shame, even though I feel grief, or I feel resentment, I'm not going to try to surgically remove or compartmentalize that part of myself and not let it be here. It's actually part of who I am. So, hey, shame, come on, have a seat. We're good. You know, it sounds a little bit um, different probably than what you're used to doing. And certainly it was a change for me. And we're never abdicated of, you know, our responsibility to try to hone these skills because this is lifetime stuff. This isn't stuff that happens overnight. But once we can unhook from the trigger, we begin to put space between the stimulus and how we react to it. And again, even if we react to it, but we're aware of it, that's a higher level of energy expression than when we're just unconsciously reacting to everything in our environment. And the idea is the more aware we become, the less um, we have to, the, the shorter the path down into whatever the anesthesia of choice is that we have to go. Instead of eating a whole bag of Doritos, maybe I only need to eat, you know, half the bag and then go, oh, that's right. I think I might be anesthetizing because I just saw this thing and it made me feel this way. So again, it's practice. And if you have anyone to talk through that practice with, either a coach or a therapist or someone that you trust, it'll be easier. Um, but again, it's just bringing that awareness. And to Tara's point, just being kind to those negative feelings and whatever it is that we're unwilling to feel, that's usually a clue that that's a place that needs our attention and that we need to put some work in. So I hope this has been helpful. Um, again, the post Let's Have Tea was from October of 2021. So you can find that at our website, lisamcfarland.com. And until next time, stay present, stay grateful, and stay healing. 
And let's stay open to those things that are lurking um, and just make them feel welcome and see if they can um, see if they lose some of their power when we do that. And as always, thank you for listening.